Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Today in This Week in Watches, we discuss the solar-powered Cartier. Citizen watches go way too far with the Star Wars references. A review services of the Black Panther AP. Breitling go back to having two dials on their watches. And we discuss the glycine that went to space, as well as a very interesting Bell and Ross. Welcome to Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. How have you been, Chris? Uh, excellent. Excellent. We are, uh, we are on shot number two. Oh, I'm doing my second tomorrow. How how did you get on? Uh, good. Uh, it was yeah. If, uh, the second one, uh, first one was fine. Second one, I think you know, I think she got me in my bone. <laughs> she like got in there. It was uh, pretty sore for a day or two, but uh, feeling feeling good. Feeling like uh, end of uh, end of the era, but also uh, you'll find this uh, maybe amusing, and and maybe our listeners will too. I I feel like because we've been in this sort of uh, pandemic lockdown mode, I, I'm not in a hurry for it to end. And all of my friends are like, when are we getting together? What are we doing? And it's like, it's overwhelming. It's too overwhelming. So I'm like slowly turning up the volume just a little like, oh yeah. So um, maybe the end of, maybe the end of May. What are we, Memorial Day? We're gonna do something Memorial Day. <laughs> Since we moved to Florida, obviously there's big touristy parts. So we've got used to being around big crowds. We're still masked up and everything. Yeah. It's definitely weird the first time that you go out. Yeah. I think people will just get used to it, won't they, after a while? Yeah, and I and I feel like uh, the, everyone's, everyone's sort of adopted the etiquette. If you're totally vaccinated and you're outside, cool, whatever. But like as soon as you go into a place, you mask up, you know, grocery store, food, etc. And it's, and it's been good. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of be the way we're all we'll go for at least uh you know probably the rest of 2021 but it's uh it's coming to an end which is which is really good which is really good we'll get back to back to normal and really excited to get to have watch meet get togethers again so yeah yeah exactly that'd we'll be good to, fun yeah we'll have to uh can't wait to post on instagram and share stories here uh in the future i posted it on my instagram but i found that photo i took of your custom space turtle the very That's first right. time we met at a watch meet so check out that on instagram yeah. i'll throw up a picture here uh i think it was in the omega booth that was like a, I, mean, I think that's where it was oh, at the boutique yeah. yeah the boutique there and um yeah that had me uh had me we'll we'll talk a little bit more about space watches but uh yeah it had me <laughs> Have me nostalgic for that. Um, a lot of fun putting that together. Should we kick it off with a bit of uh, watch obsessions? Have you had a watch obsession this week? My uh, watch obsession, besides the space stuff that we'll talk about a little later, continues. So I let everyone know on the Facebook group. And, and guys, if you're watching this, listening to this, and you're not a member, you know, head on over to the uh, Casual Watch Talk face group, Facebook group, ask to join. Um, lots of good, good content and conversation going on over there. Um, but, uh, I, I said it over there first. Uh, so I have the citizen CA 7040 that we talked about last week on order and I got the blue one. So I was strong for the, for the black dial. And then I, I, I took another, there was another piece of stock photo or not stock photo, another set of photos of it. That I posted over on the Facebook group, and I was like, I have to get the blue one. <laughs> so yeah, it looks really nice. I don't know what you think, but isn't blue? I think is one of the hardest to judge photos versus when the watch turns up. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. I saw two or three photos of it, so I have a have a good feeling that it'll be just a nice, you know, just a nice uh, sort of uh, not muted, but you know, a well done royal blue um color and and the subdials are kind of have got some texture to them so i think i think it'll be fine but you're absolutely right like if you if you've ever searched for the blue tudor pelagos you think that that watch comes in 80 different colors of blue until you have it on your on your wrist so uh, i'm hoping citizen uh nailed the blue but uh, pretty pretty confident i'm looking forward to seeing it and seeing what ah, you think of it yeah um my watch obsession well one's a bit of a funny one but if I'm being honestly truthful about my watch obsession, I 
for the last however many months, I have not taken this marathon watch off. I really like it. Trying it on different straps, it's a quartz, but I've been having a lot of fun. We've been just to throw it on, know that it's working. It's a larger watch, but I think it's nicely proportioned. So I've I've probably been obsessed with one of my own watches. Good to do from time to time. (laughs) I think so. I think because, you know, the, the other watch that I keep going back to and thinking, wow, this is a really good watch. That flipping turtle that we worked on, the blue Save the Ocean turtle, with that Uncle Seiko razor wire strap on it. There's something about that turtle case. And I think, I don't know what you think about the turtle case, but it almost warms up on your wrist. Yeah, it's right. The sides of it has like pretty, you know, pretty heavy metal, like a pretty good amount of metal on the sides of it, that cushion case. And yeah, it kind of, it kind of warms up and it's, you know, yeah, because I definitely, that you, you make a good point. That watch, you definitely like, if it's 50 degrees and you put that thing on, you're like, okay, well, you know, like warm it up in my palm before I put it because my, my wrist will go numb. <laughs> Just like. But it's so comfortable, isn't it? I think it's because yeah. the, the center of gravity is low. So I've got, not watch obsession, but I've got two funny stories and then I'll do the uh, weekly Rolex update. So oh, if right. anybody's, if this is your first show or the first time you're listening <laughs> to us, I put my name down for a Rolex a couple of weeks ago. So I'll give a little update on that. But two two funny-ish things happened this week. One was that I reviewed this, what I very kindly was sent in this watch by a brand that I pronounced as Seller. So I wasn't sure whether it was Sailor or Seller. It was a French brand. It's, it's like S. S-E-L-H-O-R? And I do try and research how to pronounce the names, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, honestly, you've just got to go for it because there's different ways to pronounce it. Anyway, I pronounced it and and I pronounced it two ways and I made a little bit of an ice-breaking joke about that I was going to go with seller. Anyway, I got this comment that was essentially calling me disrespectful for not pronouncing wow. it properly and that um it was it was dead funny because um i sent a message to the time teller because this commenter also included him as somebody else who was <laughs> guilty right. guilty That's of right. the crime of uh, pronouncing yeah. a watch name wrong and i said oh right. I, I feel very privileged to be uh right good you know, company there <laughs> yeah, yeah good yeah. company there and i replied back saying look i can't the amount of things that you have to, when you're doing a watch review, the amount of things that you have to make sure that you're getting exactly right, the mm-hmm. measurements, the movements. And these watches that I review, they're like four or $500. So you've got to do a good job of explaining everything because that's a chunk of money for somebody to spend, especially right. on a brand, right. a micro brand. I kind of reply back saying, look, regardless of of what I do, obviously somebody is going to have a comment to say about the way I say something or something that I missed out. I said, but look, sent it off to the brand. My disclaimer on these reviews is I will, the brand who's, the brands that send me these watch Mm -hmm. reviews, they Mm -hmm. never have any input in the review, positive, negative or otherwise. Which is great. But I will send the review to the brand first and say, look, this is, this is what the review is. Right just to give them a heads up. Yeah, Because normally, yeah. I'll only review watches I really like. Anyway, so I, I put this in the thing or I sent it to the brand. Then another comment comes, oh, are you in cahoots with this? Are you in cahoots with the brand <laughs> if they got to see it first? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah. the master criminal oh, um, in cahoots. Oh, I just re- respectfully reply. In fact, I've deleted it off now because sometimes I, I delete my reply off because sometimes I'm like, look, you know, they're just they're just making a comment. I, I mm-hmm. guess a lot of people comment not expecting people to reply to the comments, right? Uh, YouTubers, but um, I just thought it was I just thought it was yeah, it was funny. But yeah. honest truth, I yeah. always send the reviews to somebody. Yeah. I'm like, look, this is going to be my review. Nobody ever, regardless of what you say, it, it's only happened once to me mm-hmm. where somebody has been so upset about something that I reviewed that I took the review down. Yeah, and that wasn't because. That wasn't because I felt I'd done a bad job of reviewing it. They'd realized things about their watch and I oh, pointed I them out. And they and they were just like, Yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't, we have to fix this. Yeah. And then for us, for the podcast, I mean, it's kind of been a standing joke for us. It's like I'm originally from the East Coast, 
And so I'm a transplant to California. So I have a myriad of accents that just happen to trip up. I mean, if, if I say the word horrible. Uh, and then you've got an English accent who moved to California, who is now in Florida. So, I mean, listen, you're getting what you're getting. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's no, it's no disrespect. It was funny when I was interviewing Mike at Christopher Ward because I've adopted the Omega, the American way of saying right, it. Right, right. So he, he said... Omega. Omega. Yeah. Uh, Omi- Omega. Uh, how I used to say it. And I think, uh, uh, was it like, we do this frequently and we don't even realize. So just for our listeners and viewers, like we do this frequently. And it was only when you brought this up that I started to recognize this. Like there are there are shows that I'll pronounce, I'll pronounce it some way. You'll pronounce it a completely different way. We'll know what we're talking about. It's fine, everyone. It's fine. Like I'll try to do the correct French pronunciation because I'm I feel, you know, maybe more confident in French, but, you know, at, 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 you know, back and forth, it's fine. It's fine. It's how yeah, and it's, I, we're I, not trying to disrespect anybody. No, not <laughs> and also, you know, sometimes I worry about overpronouncing something in a very French or Italian right. way, you know, when you go over the top. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's as equally as, can be equally as disrespectful. So anyway, I, I, I'm doing an advanced po- apology for any time I um, pronounce right. a name incorrectly. All right. So second second funny story was um, I was speaking to my parents and I don't, I don't know if this is the same with you, but sometimes when I ring, whenever I ring them, mm-hmm. in my dad's eyes, I'm ringing my mum. Like, oh, you've rung to speak to your mum. Oh, right. And I'm like, no, yeah. you can both, yeah, yeah, you can both you, be right, on. Like, right, you know, okay. I'm not, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to ask for money. Not, not right. this time, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, and he said to me, uh, he's, He's not really a watch guy. My granddad was the was the watch mm-hmm. guy that really got me into watches. But my dad bought an, an IWC mm-hmm. five or six years ago, and it just suits him. Like IWCs, or he, he's he was a graphic designer for years. But he used to just wear. He wore a fossil for hmm. a number of years. In fact, he wore this fossil that it's quite a good watch because it's called Killing Time. The watch. So oh, wow. instead okay. of numbers on it, it's got every way that. Uh, well, it's got 12 different ways you could kill somebody. The number one's like a dagger. The two is like a gun. I'm sorry, this is super morbid. Yeah, really? there's, uh, the, wow. the um, number three is like a gallows. Then there's like a poison. It's it's, wow. it's a really interesting watch. I'll have to, I, uh, yeah, you, I've got to see pictures photo, of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw it up here. But yeah. anyway, he got um, an IWC and he's... It started to started to gain time. So he, okay. he didn't ask me about this. He okay. just he started to gain time. Anyway, he sent it off to IWC. Oh, so he's he's telling like me the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's telling me the story. He says, Oh well, you know, it, it, and it went wrong. And I said, Well, it probably was magnetized. He sent it off to them and they quoted him like six hundred dollars for the service. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sure it was magnetized because yeah, what they no. did Right. Oh, they, they he sent the watch off to them and they they sent it back like a week later and said mm. oh we've uh, we've checked it all over and we gave it a service and there was they said oh the um the hairspring was twisted so i was like said to i said yeah so that must be code magnetism for. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so they so i said he said oh yeah they said that the hairspring was twisted in the watch i said dad that's that, i don't think that's a thing yeah, honestly um i, yeah, I said I they demagnetized it just said to, right. he got it back in a week so they must have oh demagnetized yeah it, I, yeah it back. i feel like yeah i mean I, yeah you, i mean you're certainly closer to the service center there but not <laughs> i feel like no yeah i i couldn't imagine sending any yeah, and getting back in a week, I'm sure they were like, yeah, you know, the special uh, eighty-five thousand dollar IWC demagnetizer. Is oh what they yeah, used, exactly. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure. he's he's happy he as paid, ever now. He, yeah, he's oh good, good. He he paid for it though. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it, they, yeah, he didn't he didn't actually pay the six hundred. Oh good. Uh, so I imagine what whether that's like an industry term like oh the the hairspring's mangled. So maybe uh, something. Yeah. yeah, they made it, they made it sound like they dismantled the watch and replaced the hairspring. Right. Anyway. Right, right. Yeah, we checked it out. Yeah, we checked it out. It's good. <laughs> and also, the yeah. Go. Well, anyway, before we dive into the the hit or miss section, our new section, I'll give you a little Rolex update. As we've, I've now started a thing. This is the yeah. third time that I'm doing one. That's no. Keep it, keep it going. Keep keep us in suspense, Sam, about your. Yeah, so I put myself on the list for the date just forty one, 
and I'm going to get Justin on the show. Big shout out to Justin at the Rolex, local Rolex AD. He's been texting me back and forth. Oh, that'll be fun. Uh, a really cool guy because I was expecting to be get quite a, not condescending, but I wasn't expecting to get a warm welcome into the Rolex AD. It's just, I was just like just random person that turned up. Oh, in, I see. I see. Know, um, yeah. But he's been really nice to me. He's oh, been texting good. me and he sent me a, a watch that came in. No. A, a, a picture. I apologize. Oh, but it okay. had the fluted the fluted bezel on it, and I mm. don't. What do you think about that fluted bezel? Yeah, no, that's the the fluted bezel. Sorry, it's just not that's not my speed. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure there's people that love it. Um, yeah, this was after three weeks that he sent it me, so I felt very grateful that he. And this is reaching out. I yeah, mean, a little, is, you know, like yeah. unsolicited, unsolicited. Because yeah, you do feel. I mean, this is part of that the experience. You know that you're that you're uh going through and it'll be interesting to you know to get the rolex authorized dealer experience and i mean we certainly have some expectations you know like you know what is that what is that like so uh yeah it'll be uh fascinating i went into the other mall that's here Mm -hmm. that mall that i went to is the mall of millennia the one where i put my name on the list but i went to the other mall uh, the other big mall around here and they have a Mayer's. So Mayer is the brand name that it is in Florida of Watches of Switzerland. Oh, okay. Okay. So I went in and spoke to their store manager there called Kevin. And he's worked there for, he was telling me, for 15 years he's been the oh, store manager in this mall. Okay. Again, cupboards were bare. The Rolex <sighs> cupboards were bare. They had the... Right. I think if you're going in for a rose gold ladies pearl master... You're spoiled for choice. Yeah, exactly. You've got at least three you can choose from. Like either Mother of Pearl dial, you got it iced out with diamonds. Like, yeah, you got uh, every every combination of of precious metal. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) But that one isn't a dedicated Rolex AD. They have other watches in there. I asked him. I said, "Oh, have you got any?" I put my name on the list of the other ones. He's like, "Yeah, it's the same list. All of the stores. It's the same list." So he says that we haven't got oh, a list okay. that's separate. The, oh, the mayors have all got a database. So if one oh, comes okay. into all of them, oh, then they'll okay, let okay, you know. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, Which okay, I think okay. I think it's pretty cool that they do that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. I mean, especially especially for the sub store, you know, for the for the authorized dealer set of stores to do, to at least do that. Otherwise, otherwise, if they didn't, then I'd be going around to every single store. <laughs> be like, what's your what's your most rural store? What store doesn't get a lot of traffic? What store you want to turn a turn a bunch of turn a bunch of watches on? Because <laughs> you do, you're right. You do hear that as a tip of how mm-hmm. to get a Rolex is to go to a rural store and uh, yeah, or and, or and or like uh, I've heard. Uh, fly to like toronto or something you know like random like i've heard stories where folks are just you know (laughs) hey let's spend a weekend in toronto and walked in and just happened to just happen to pick up a hulk or just happen to pick up a batman or whatever it was i've I've heard uh i've heard reddit stories definitely about that yeah so i spoke to him and Mm -hmm. they he's got other brands in there so we went over to look at tudor and i was asking him oh have you seen the the have you seen the gold, the gold Black Bay 58 or have you seen the new chronographs? He said they got three of those chronographs in there. He said he doesn't know how people knew it, but the day that they got them, there was a queue outside the store for them. Wow. He said they cannot keep those new chronographs in, in stock. Wow. I think Tudor, uh, you know, is the, I, I, I think it maintains its value as, as uh, maybe not goes up in value like some of them, but certainly... You know, certainly we we didn't see. We've been watching prices of the Pelagos. We have not seen that go down. <laughs> so, those are still in the four four thousand range. So, it, it, well, it's funny to say that because I got another comment on one of my videos, my Shinola video. So, shout out to Kelly who was shopping for a watch for her son for graduation, oh, nice. and she f- came across my Shinola one. So, I saved somebody from buying a Shinola. <sighs> All right, and she put in the comments. Oh, it totally makes sense why you didn't want. Why you don't think that Shinola is a good investment? What would you suggest? So okay. I said, uh, well, I gave three bits of advice. Her, mm-hmm. um, the price range she was looking at was in between five hundred and a thousand. So I said, obviously Hamilton or Rado right. or one of right. one of those, or. Right. If you wanted to go a little bit more, Tudor, I said, you might yeah. like the fact that you're spending a little bit more, but also, to your point, mm-hmm. it will probably retain its value yeah. in the long run. 
Yeah. I feel like I feel like you have to get into the like uh you know that three, four thousand dollar to get into that market. But 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 yeah, good pick for Hamilton because at least at least below like a thousand, then you then you wanna be in like price per dollar. You wanna be like, you know, best per dollar, like value per dollar, um, below a thousand. So yeah, good good choice. And then I said where do you live? Because it might mean a lot to your son to have a watch from the state that you that he grew up in oh, or that yeah. he currently lives in. So obviously I mentioned Vayer in LA and mm-hmm. you know Alan at Zal Baltimore and Laurier in New York. There's quite mm-hmm. a lot that if you you know if you're born and raised in a state or you've got a you know affinity for the state that you live in, you're probably going to find a micro brand these days or at yeah, least like people it. that yeah, yeah bunch, I feel like yeah, it. Yeah. Well. Before we jump into this week in watches, should we have another thrilling episode of our new section, which we which we showcased last week showcased. of hit or miss? Hit or miss? <laughs> I did promise a fancy graphic of baseball players last week, but I couldn't find any, so I put a cat on. So I will have another look. If not, uh, we're going to stop here. You'll either see a baseball player or a cat again. This week on Hit or Miss, Chris, I present to you the Polary Blue 140th Anniversary Seiko, Seiko. 62MAS. What do, what do we think of this one? All right. I am leaning towards it being a bit of a miss because of its pricing. But what do you think aesthetically? Um, I mean, it, it looks good. I mean, I, yeah. It's clean. And we're talking about the we're talking about the second one to the right here. The uh, yeah, the sixty two sixty two ms. Okay, so it's white dial, kind of a, a ocean blue. Not knowing the specs, it looks good. It looks good. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I mean, uh, I will say, uh, tongue in cheek for the one hundred and fortieth anniversary limited edition to the amount of stainless steel produced by Seiko. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) So for our audio listeners, it's the Seiko 62 MAS style watches that they've been redoing, but this one has blue, navyish blue Mm -hmm. bezel with a very, with a white dial, silver hands, white loom. It's a good looking watch, but it's definitely a departure from, it doesn't look, like a vintage style one that they used that they've done but the thing that um struck me about it was it's exactly the same spec as those 62 mas that i'm calling them the 62 mas that's not their proper code they're based right. they look similar to the vintage this one is actually called the spb 213 right. yeah uh, it looks good you can pick this watch up in its standard variation, non-limited edition, for between $900 and $1,000, which I still think is expensive. Oof, yeah. But this one is, Hodinkee have got it here, that they're going to be knocking these out at $1,200, limited Oof. edition of 6,000 pieces. Wait, wait, wait. Lim- limited of 6,000? Limited of 6,000. <laughs> okay. How lim- Again, limited to how much stainless steel? they can find i know they can I mean, never make this 6, white again. I, yeah yeah but six thousand uh, i i uh marketing playing upon our fomo playing playing tricks on us because like right now i'm sure there are like early like there, i'm sure that i can think of five micro brands that their second their first or second release was maybe 300 watches yep <laughs> so i realize it's seiko okay but we, yeah we definitely have you know i i i yeah i don't think they've i i, I don't think six thousand. i don't think hits it i don't think that's limited enough now of course it, it they'll still probably they'll sell them and you said 1200 1200 dollars so to Oof. put that into perspective if you okay. like the watch then 1200 dollars probably doesn't seem a lot but i wanted to put it into perspective about why I think that's expensive, because it's all right, you know, Chris Chris and I joking about, oh, that's expensive. But there's another Seiko. In mm-hmm. fact, it's called the SBDC083. Mm-hmm. Different style, but it's a diver. This one is $750. Now, why, why am I making that comparison? Because mm-hmm. essentially, they're the same 
mechanically the same watch. They both both use the 6R3524 dual movement. Okay. They're both stainless steel. They're both Seiko stainless steel bracelet. It's just that one is the 62MAS style and limited edition. Right. But pound for pound, probably the same metal, slightly different look. That's why I'm saying that one's expensive at 1200 because they're essentially... Right, Material-wise, the yeah, same watch. Yeah. Are they? Are are they also giving? Like, are we? Are we doing sapphire? Are we doing any sort of stuff with the bezel? Do we know? This one's got sapphire. Yeah. Um, this one's got the aluminium bezel. Okay. Similar dimensions, but yeah, I just yeah. That's, that's I mean, that's a yeah. good you know that's that's a good comparison because you you basically. Yeah, I mean, we're comparing Seiko to Seiko here. We're not we're not reaching into another brand. We're looking at another Seiko, and that's a that's a great way to do it. That's like here you have the same movement, the same internals, the same construction. The there there is no consideration that Seiko is making limited editions in a different factory than they are the the Sumo. I've never heard that. Um, so it's not like a Grand Seiko versus Seiko here. Um, yeah, really tough. Really tough to justify the price. I I will say, from a design standpoint, this watch looks gorgeous. I love it. Like the white dial with the blue. It looks really nice. I, I would struck, you know, I would definitely... What this would make me do is look for something similar and i may not if i love this you know i would just it would break my heart because i'd be like i have to get this you know and i have to spend that easily five six hundred dollar premium on something that that we we all sort of know that is not it's not truly you know it's not limited for it's limited for limited sake i am gonna go with miss you're gonna go with miss i will also go with a miss but as with last week, let us know over on the Facebook group or in the comment section of this video whether you yeah. think this Seiko is a see hit or miss. We, yeah, see if we got it wrong. Because I think we got, I feel like we got last one wrong. Maybe we got this one wrong. So <laughs> that's okay. Let us know. Let's dive into this week in watches. And there's not been a lot of watch drama. So I thought I would cover, or Chris and I would cover, some of the new release watches. Because there's been some interesting watches that have been released recently. I'm going to kick it off with, and I've seen one of these in person, and I was very impressed. But a blog to watch did an article on this, the Bell and Ross Cyberskull. I've seen one of these in person, Chris, and it looks... It looks stunning. The mouth moves and everything like that. Oh, that's great. But what struck me a bit weird about the blog to watch article is, mm. does it look weird that you can see your arm hair through it? <laughs> right. A little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know what struck me because I, I've got darkish arm hair or, or I guess more more reddy brown arm hair. Yeah. And it looks like a stu- I've seen the watch off. somebody showed it me in there mm-hmm. in, it's in the local watch store i don't know how i'd feel about that do you think you'd notice it or is it because they've done like a macro shot on a blog to watch yeah i <laughs> maybe it's just the picture but now when you remember when you have it in hand like it, it would be very similar like if you had a if you had like we talked about the ublo sapphire you know so you may it's see. sort of flattening you can sort it's sort of flat for the audio listeners it's flat it, because of the shape of the bell and ross case mm, yeah. it's square it's flattening against your wrist so you can sort of see your arm hair through right. it just like pressed against the back of yeah. the watch because there's a lot of i mean for a smaller dialed watch there's a lot of you could see a lot through it but it's an incredible feat of engineering. I've yeah. seen one of these in person. The way that the mouth moves and everything like that is—it's it, really cool as you yeah. as you're yeah. winding it and stuff. But I, I know you're a Bell and Ross fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm fan. For, for yeah. ten grand, would you? Would you oh, go okay. in all in uh, on this? T- I mean, ten thousand. That's not. That's not. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, this is a like skeletonized with the with the moving mouth. I mean, that's for a piece of. Uh, kind of you know horological art horological art um that's a that's pretty decent i mean you know i can can think of like if you know again if like hublot made something like this 
you know, in this style, this would be forty thousand dollars. <laughs> so I like the fact that they've made the movement all within the shape of the skull. Yeah, uh, it's a cool. slight, slight overhang there, but it looks really awesome. It's they've done cool. a fantastic job of yeah. it. Yeah. So not a uh, sweat sweat soaked workout watch for your for your arm for your hairy arms, but definitely you know a fun casual conversation piece. You know when you're out on the town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, I, and I'm only joking about this, guys. I it would just weird me out on my own wrist. It's not that it's on anybody <laughs> right, else's wrist. It just if you saw, you know, you're looking at the time, and then you see your arm hairs like smushed up against right. the back of the watch. Right. Another thing that I'm glad is making a little bit of a comeback, and it Breitling have just let me just show you this. So Breitling have just released the new Chronomats. This mm, might be that. the first Chronomat that I really like the look of because yeah. I, I was never a fan of that steel bezel on the Chronomats. Yeah, yeah, with the like kind of like little like bullets, <laughs> almost like the little shiny bullets on the edge. Yeah, a little bit. But this looks but good. This one looks beautiful, and they've mm. brought back the additional little clock i think it used to be called the utc clock but they're calling it the dual time so if, for our audio listeners this is the a new brightling chronomat and it's got a little a little watch as part of the bracelet if right. you're not familiar brightling have done this a bunch before but they haven't been they haven't done it recently at all right i think maybe the last one was the rescue one but yeah they've actually what do you think of the little I mean, it's, dual it's, time? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good that they've. You know, I did. I did check. They. I was. Uh, it's good that they had the history of it because I definitely feel like it could. You know, it's a little bit of a meme. Like, <laughs> yo, you like you like watches. <laughs> little yo dog uh, extra watch on your watch kind of kind of meme going to it. But they've done that in the past. It kind of is a nod to that. It's. I think it's. I think it's well done, and it, I think it's only if I read this correctly, it's only for their for their big boy their 44 has got the has got the additional dual time i feel like yeah it looks like everybody else is just on like a a strap my bright my much loved brightling b1 there was a version of that that had this the utc the utc clock they called it on that Mm -hmm. one but i'm really impressed with the way that this looks there's a great video online which if i can find it i'll leave it and it's essentially uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast. It's how they make the Chronomat watches. Mm, yes, and yes. The skill of it is oh, it's incredible. Great. And I and I think um, you know going back to sort of value value for dollar stuff. I I think I think this really is like you can get a you can get a lot of watch. You can get a lot of chronograph here for the for the price that these are that these yeah, are going for thousand five hundred. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it must be quartz. The little I, I actually. I hadn't read this properly, but I think that must be yeah. quartz, the little clock. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so I thought that thought that was really interesting, interesting. And I'm glad that they're doing a little nod to their history as well, because I know they've been revolutionising the brand and they've done a lot of vintage reissues or right. or watches. I feel like were inspired by a romantic view they had of the past right. because some of the some of the watches were vintage looking but i don't think they were directly from the catalog of breitling yeah yeah but i think that uh but you know look looking at some of their i was watching they had a video you know one of the some of their new advertisements i mean they have like you know bringing the vintage feel of those into the new you know they're, they're that's that's part of their design language they're bringing it through which is really cool our next story, I often go on eBay and do a cheeky little search for either Vintage Casio or Vintage Citizen. And there's one Vintage Citizen that you see a lot of, and it's a bit of an icon of Citizen. Mm. And it was this Citizen Annie Digi. They've really cr- cli- climbed up in price. Typically, a good example will set you back 300 Citizen, back in the day, they had this Annie Digi Temp watch, <laughs> which was so it's so distinctive and iconic they've bought it back and i think they've gone way over the top with it they've made it a star wars watch have you seen yeah i have i have i mean they're (laughs) um certainly not a nod to the original and i think that like any nostalgia you had for the original is is lost because i mean i think we might recognize that this is basically the sort of the same i mean it is it's the same layout and setup 
as the as the original gold ones. It's strange that they went in this direction. I mean, a star side for the folks that were looking for the nostalgia of the, the the old versions. I think there's a line, and and then there's Star Wars fans who are who would love something like this. So they like as far as like a Star Wars watch that's that's cool and fun. Yes, I think I think it does the part, um, but sort of knowing what wh- what its sort of history, you know, the, this this same module. I mean, I'm sure they just found <laughs> they just found the the drawings and the machinery and the chips and just were like, just yeah, start this machine from 19 you know 87 or 90 whatever it was, and just start that printing again, and we'll just you know we can colorize the dial or etc. So yeah, I think the closest one that looks to be close to the original mm-hmm. is the. Uh, C3PO okay. one. Oh, the C and an see the C3PO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. That that looks right. And does it? Uh, it doesn't. Is there a specific? Yeah, uh, I mean, not really a specific C3PO callout. I mean, it does look like C3PO. I get it. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah. Oh boy. They went, they went all in for this. Wow. Yeah, they went in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, part of me, like, like fun fashion Star Wars fan part of me is like, all right, these are, these are pretty funky and cool. And, uh, yeah, if I was, if I was on my way to, um, you know, check out the new ride at Disneyland, I might, I might be sporting one of these. Um, but yeah, you're right. Unfortunately, like for this, uh, nostalgia of the, you know the old ways, the old times. Uh, they sort of did a little travesty to it. They <laughs> some some silk screen, some questionable silk screen work on that one. All right, our next story is we might have missed this when Watches and Wonders was going on, but I was on the web today and caught that Cartier has made a solar tank so this is cartier's foray into solar powered watches um this is their first first one ever which is interesting they're pretty reasonably priced too i want to say they have uh small and large in the 20 20 400 2, something like that i think this is a great idea because I'm seriously thinking if I can find a good second-hand tank, mm-hmm. a smaller one, uh, to buy my mother-in-law one. Yep. And there's it, because it's such an icon, yep. and there's no way my mum, my mother, and mm-hmm. my mother-in-law, there's no way that they care that it's a mechanical or not. Oh, right. And I think so. This solves this solves a big uh, problem for me. So I am planning a gift. And I was like you, I like the idea of a mechanical that doesn't take batteries, you know, that it's just that it never has to be opened up and it's just ready to go. You just have to wind it and set it and go. Uh, But mechanical Cartier tanks, welcome to $5,000, you know, welcome to even used. I mean, those things are, uh, we've discussed uh tutor we've discussed breitling uh cartier is definitely one of those brands where it's not the price is the price <laughs> and so um this solves yeah this solves a big issue for me because i feel like i would buy a new battery powered one to get a new one instead of maybe looking for a second hand quartz and then feeling kind of like I don't know about you, Sam, but I get that. I get that sort of like, if I'm going to pick up an heirloom piece, it better be like a fancy mechanical. Yes. You know, like, I don't think, you know, like, oh, here, here's this used quartz watch. I just, I, you know, and I understand like, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a Cartier tank. It's going to be a great, you know, movement, et cetera. But it's just how it makes me feel. And this is a big part of, you know, what watches are to us um so yeah it really solves a solves a big problem which is you know uh now you can you know it's it's always charged up 
and it's ready to go and it doesn't need to be brought into a store and uh, in a mall someplace to have a battery <laughs> which i almost am terrified of i'm sure there are uh fine uh you know fine folks that can handle a, a battery change in a cartier but it you know again in a random mall um so it sort of solves that problem the interesting technology piece here is light is being pulled in through the roman numerals I was going to ask you about that because they've yeah. done an excellent job of hiding the solar cell. Yeah. So if you look and if the, that second picture where you see uh, the sort of the light um, uh, where it's on a black frame, um, that sort of speaks to where the light is coming through the numerals. Very cool. I, I think they did a great job with this. These look good. And like I said, they solved that... Uh, they solve that battery but automatic problem, you know, because you just want to, you know, for us uh, watch nerds giving these as gifts, you know, w we know that people are not going to be, you know, they're going to use these every day. They're going to, you know, obviously take care of them, but I never want to give someone something where I'd be nervous, you know, like I'd be terrified to give like someone who has never had a mechanical watch like a perpetual calendar. <laughs> Are you gonna? You like? Oh yeah! And here's the um, special tool that sets the month, and you're gonna. Yeah, this one's gonna have. And if you press it too many times, it has to go back to <laughs> the factory, and someone has to take the entire movement apart. I'd never do that. I'd be terrified to do something like that. So, like I said, this uh, this uh, hits on a couple levels. Well, let's dive into our next story, and this is another one that you spotted, and I've. I'm continually amazed watch collecting that you find out things every single day, even subjects that you think you know fairly well. And I thought I had a good understanding of space watches, but you found another yeah. really interesting one. Yeah, I I was uh, we were talking about uh, my my space turtle, which was uh, a watch that I made, uh, you know, as if. Uh, you know, space shuttle astronauts had gotten with uh, Seiko. So like the art design, like a what if. Um, and I was thinking about space watches. And then um, someone had mentioned glycine in the Facebook group. I think it was either the uh, combat sub or the airman and was scrolling around. And the glycine airman has been in space. And so not usually associated with a, with a watch in space. I, I know there's um, a bunch of lists out there, but this one was a, was a surprise to me because I feel like, I feel like in doing, um, you know, watch obsession about space watches, um, I would have caught this. The Glycine Airman, I'm just showing a picture up here of one of the modern ones. Mm -hmm. It's a real icon isn't it that i feel is one of those watches where when you start watch collecting you hear about it but i'm not sure whether you would just stumble across it but it's right. utility and design has been around for for a number of years since the 1960s i think oh in fact it does say the 1960s here yeah on, uh, on no more yeah watches. so this is um it's a 24-hour dial so the hand so it takes a little getting used to reading it um so, you know, it's, it's, you know, so when you look at it quick, you're like, oh, it's nine o'clock. You're like, no, it's actually, you know, uh, 11 o'clock <laughs> or, or actually, no, sorry, I had that wrong. Um, but it takes a little getting used to reading it. Um, and the story goes, um, Charles Pete Conrad. So Pete Conrad in um, one of the uh, Gemini flights. Um, he, he was an avid glycine airman wearer. So he had already, he, he's already had it. And, you know, he, th those guys are all test pilots, um, in the U S air force. So when that, uh, you know, when he did the Gemini five mission, um, he wore a glycine airman and I was looking at some of the, uh, internet photos of this and I, and I feel like it was sort of rediscovered like uh, NASA posted a bunch of their original high definition um, Apollo pictures for their anniversary a couple of years ago. And I, and I feel like 
the the watch the watch spotters poured over it and there's two shots where there was uh, this watch you could see and no one could really identify it it was you know, like the shot was weird and then it was finally so they found this picture of them um and he's got a uh speedmaster on one arm and then he's got his uh glycine airman on the other so yeah it's amazing that heyday because like hoyas went up didn't they and yeah it was a really cool a really cool story that yeah thanks yeah. for that yeah. Well, before we finish off, I wanted to dive into a really interesting YouTube video that I saw. I've been going down a bit of a rabbit hole watching Anthony at the Timepiece Gentleman, Anthony and Marco, and then Roman over at the Grey Market show that they do. I think this is the real future for YouTube watch channels is this topical content, maybe topical news shows like we're doing here, but also this day in the life of watch dealers mm-hmm. i think that's going to become the dominant over the watch reviews because people love the watch reviews but i think you have to like the watch uh, sometimes I, I it's a bit hit or miss with the watch reviews for me if somebody's looking for the watch then they they really like it but there's another channel called watch eric and they're all friends uh these dealers they're all friends but mm-hmm. he managed to get hold of which one of what i think must be one of the the hardest watches to get hold of he got he got lent the black panther concept ap royal oak i'll leave a link to the youtube video on here but it was just absolutely he did he did a great job of it he stood it he's based in miami so he stood in front of a and stood in front of one of these like mega yachts right. reviewing this watch what he did a great job of was that he was reviewing the watch purely from a functional point of view so he talks about how this is a lot easier to wear than the previous concept watches yeah, okay. that they released yeah because apparently the previous ap concept watches were ginormous to oh, wear and because they had that yeah. the rubber fitted bracelet but it's so funny seeing i guess it's funny for me because the watches that i review i love them but they're not you know the best part of i i think he was saying the resale value on these are up at the like the two hundred thousand dollar range right. or something and they're so exclusive that they've it's a limited edition of 250 and yeah. you have to be like a really preferred ap customer to even be offered one of the, you don't buy it you get offered it he's actually got a pretty good channel they've these gray market dealers getting a chance to see that behind the scenes because they're it was funny because they were sort of saying that at one time it was seen as a bit of a cloaking dagger like the all the gray market mm, but that's right I, yeah i think with i don't know what you think chris with the resurgence of this pre-owned market the mm-hmm. gray market dealers are really the knowledgeable ones because the people in the stores don't necessarily have to be the source of knowledge do they especially when they they haven't really got watches yeah that, yeah, I mean, especially well for for maybe some of the retailers that are, um, you know, like your your Macy's and your you know they just I mean, that's the, that's that's not going to be their forte. So you're ab- yeah, you're right. They, I feel like the gray market sellers have sort of filled in that. I'm also noticing, you know, less inventory going to them. Um, in, in recent times, I'm, I'm curious to sort of investigate why that is, or, you know, how that is. I feel like when there's plenty of extra inventory, um, you know, they, 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 they have all these, they have all these on hand and, and right now I feel like everybody's got money to spend. We're coming out of, we're coming out of pandemic. Everybody's got money to spend. And so the used market for everything is hot the the new market is hot i agree i mean these gray market dealers the timepiece gentlemen and this watch eric and uh, roman over at um the gray market the show is the gray market they call it they're at a differently i mean they're at the they're selling the high-end watches but you're right, right the gray market dealers joe mashop yeah, a few of the I'm others thinking. yeah you need to if 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 you're skept- if you're interested in learning more about the grey market, really, there's some good podcasts about it because the mm-hmm. grey market is a necessary part of the watch industry. It's not. Right. We've talked about this before, haven't we, Chris? It's not yeah. like a 
guy turning up to an AD and right. opening the trunk of his car hey, and then someone's coming out the back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah, no. Yeah, that, and that, I think it, early on, they, uh, the dealers sort of personified that because pre-internet, those guys couldn't get on you know they they couldn't get the coverage and they couldn't get the ad buys and they couldn't get on you know so I'd like no one knew you know were they out there yes but then all of a sudden now you have a company that like Joma Shop that can outpace regular you know regular folks for their their e-commerce stuff and so they're just like we we've got them in stock we're selling them but the whole time it was a necessary evil uh, not evil, but it was necessary because, you know, there's a particular watch. Okay, we made 6,000 of them. They're limited edition. We can't sell them. So we have to, we have to, we have to give them to somebody. And we don't want the brand to say, you know, well, we were selling these for $1,200, but now we're going to discount them to $700. Because then your sort of your idea of the brand goes to, to, you know, away. Um, so yeah, you're right. Necessary evil. So these go into a gray market, but it's also telling when you see certain watches and, you know, we mentioned Breitling recently, that's, that's kind of dried up. I think Breitling has really got its act together over the last couple of years. I mean, some of their, like some of their, some of their stuff was, was maybe six months and like was going to a gray market for 40% off. The gray market it allows ADs who are kept to very high standards by the brands and sales figures by the brands in order to maintain the relationships. It gives them a way of get of moving stock that isn't moving. Like if they've got a sales figure or a quota that they have to meet for some of the brands mm-hmm. and they're not hitting it because some of the pieces, then the grey market, that's the advantage of the grey market is you can mm-hmm. move that stock along. Yeah, and they'll do a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek kind of, yeah. oh, you don't want to go to the grey market because you don't right. get the warranty and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 and yeah, also yeah. it allows the brands to innovate more. It allows them to take, I think, take a little bit more risk because they know that ultimately they will be able to sell these watches. Like, right. they'll lick a bit of a hit, but it's not, you know, back in the day, uh, that whole urban legend about Apple used when it made that, cube the original apple cube they had to bury a load in the desert as a tax <laughs> right. write-off right or yeah. whatever or, or that yeah. et that atari, the ET, ET atari game. yeah which they actually had to bury in <laughs> which they but, actually had to bury yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. did bury it didn't they yeah, the landfill and then they dug it back up again uh for those in the united states a good um maybe a good parallel would be uh marshall's for stuff for like brand name stuff for you know where where you'll get brand name stuff that you know that was at the boutique a year ago but fashion has moved on and you're getting it for a, a big discount but it's it's not like the right it's not it's not it's manufactured in the same place it's not like there's a different quality it's it just it's just necessary so guys, that was this week's episode of Casual Watch Talk. As always, we really appreciate you watching and listening. We really, ap- sorry, that was this week's episode of Casual Watch Talk. We really appreciate you watching and listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks guys, bye.